Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. Can we be exceedingly staggeringly honest with each other? We're friends. I am looking at the AJC right now and it says it is 81 degrees outside for most of you. It is feels like 81 degrees outside. There is 34% humidity, and the winds are east-southeast at 10 miles an hour. You know and I know none of us want to be here right now, so let's just pretend to enjoy the afternoon. Why don't we, shall we? (laughs) We can call it an open container Friday, unless you're in your car. Now, we have to get to the big headline of the day. The President of the United States of America in a call with the Ukraine. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to offend. You don't need to send me angry messages. For 40 of my 44 years, it has been the Ukraine. uh, And I'm not going to stop now and call it Ukraine just because they decided to change their name on me. Uh, The President of the United States talked to the President of the Ukraine. Ukrainians, how about that? And urged him to investigate Joe Biden and his son. There are several angles here we need to take. I, I assume we're all grown-ups, right? I, I assume we can talk about this in a grown-up way instead of just yelling and, and taking tribalist positions on this. Can't we? Can't we? Uh, because you and I both know if Barack Obama encouraged a foreign government to investigate uh, Donald Trump, you would be livid, and you don't have to uh, go to a hypothetical. You can go to the Steele dossier, uh, where the Russians and the Steele people, they, they helped build this dossier for Hillary Clinton, and you people are all outraged by it. So why aren't you outraged by Donald Trump doing this? Because you think Joe Biden and his son deserved it? Well, guess what? They did investigate in Ukraine. And there didn't seem to be a there there, but you're not going to believe that, are you? You don't believe it. You you don't believe it because it's Joe Biden and his son, and you're convinced that there was something nefarious. In the same way, the Democrats are convinced there is something nefarious with Donald Trump. You don't believe it because you're a Republican. They don't believe it about Biden because they're Democrats. I get it. I don't even know what the truth is, but I'm telling you there are two sides to this story. Here's the other thing that I will tell you about this story before you get mad at me and start yelling. Some of you are already cussing already, saying, you just hate Trump and you'll never like Trump. We should all be really freaking concerned that someone in the intelligence community decided to be a whistleblower about a private conversation the president of the United States had with a foreign leader. You heard me. You Democrats who think this is a wonderful thing. How can the president of the United States, any president of the United States, have private conversations with foreign leaders without thinking someone in the intelligence community might leak the conversation if they don't like it? If the president of the United States, who has the sole power under our Constitution to shape the foreign policy of the United States up to the point of needing a treaty ratified, wants to make a negotiation with a foreign leader and have it be premised on you've got to investigate corruption in your country, even if that corruption is about my potential opponent's son, the Constitution lets him do it. Now, You can say that in this particular case, he's targeting an opponent. Well, then it's impeachable. Okay. And I can say this is outrageous, and no president should be encouraging a foreign government to do this. But let's not pretend it's cookie cutter. Let's not pretend it's it's just straight at face value that there's no big deal here. Let's not pretend it's just one side. 
Now, you who are Republicans are upset with Democrats because of the Steele dossier and a, a foreign intelligence agent working with the Russians to build a dossier to harm President Trump. You who are Republicans are outraged that the Democrats in California are demanding that the president hand over his tax returns to get on the ballot. And you have every reason to be outraged by that. You do, because it's unconstitutional. A federal judge just said so. You who are Republicans are outraged. The state prosecutors in New York are demanding the president's tax returns, and you and I both know they're going to leak them the moment they have them. And you have every right to be outraged by that. And you know, and I know, that if a Democrat did this to you, or to your candidate, or your candidate's child, you would be outraged. And the story from the Wall Street Journal happening right now is that the president repeatedly pressed Ukraine's president to investigate Joe Biden's son. President Trump, in a July phone call, repeatedly pressured the president of Ukraine to investigate Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden's son, urging President Zelensky about eight times to work with Rudy Giuliani, his personal lawyer, on a probe, according to people familiar with the matter. He told them that he should work with Mr. Giuliani on Biden and that people in Washington wanted to know whether allegations were true or not, one of the people said. Mr. Trump didn't mention a provision of foreign aid to Ukraine on the call, said this person who didn't believe Mr. President offered the Ukrainian president any quid pro quo for his cooperation on any investigation. Really now? Because that completely contradicts contradicts the earlier story that completely contradicts the other earlier story the initial report was there was a quid pro quo by the way really rudy giuliani has been on tv for a year saying he urged the ukrainians to do this i'm not making that up rudy giuliani said it last night on cnn he admitted he pressured the ukrainians to investigate joe biden's son so how is this news and by the way, there's a big caveat here. There's a huge caveat. Okay, so here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. It is not a good thing for any president of the United States to urge a foreign power to investigate an American citizen because you think that guy's father is going to run for president. It's not. I don't care who you are. You can't justify that. Well, then if he did something wrong, well, the Ukrainians investigated. And they decided there was nothing wrong. That's old news. Were you not paying attention when this was announced? I'm old enough to remember it. It happened not that long ago. Well, Joe Biden pressured them to... So you investigate Joe Biden and whether or not he pressured them. You investigate Joe Biden... You don't get the foreign government to do it. Now, contrary to the initial reports, there's no quid pro quo here. The, the president of the United States did not promise to give or withhold foreign aid based on anything. And that's a good thing. You should be thankful. It did not happen, according to the Wall Street Journal, contrary to other reports. But it's still not good. It's not right. It is wrong. But there's a complicating factor here. You can hold two things in your head as both bad. And it should be bad to everyone if the President of the United States did this. It should be bad. It should. And there's a big if. If. If it happened. If, if, if. We don't know that it actually happened. We really don't know. The early report was it happened and there was a quid pro quo. The new report from the Wall Street Journal is there it happened, but there was no quid pro quo. We don't really know. We need multiple sources.
to help us figure it out, to find out what happened, because the media keeps botching these stories over and over and over. But if it happened, if, 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 if it happened, it's not good. But there's something else that's not good. And, and you need to acknowledge this too. That the president of the United States should be able to have private conversations with foreign leaders without whistleblowers deciding that they know better and they're going to rat out the president. Because if the president wants to reshape foreign policy, he's allowed to under the Constitution. Jimmy Carter started telling foreign governments if they didn't realign their policies to affect human rights in a positive way, he was going to stop giving them foreign foreign aid. He was allowed to do that. This president can say, if you don't investigate corruption in your country, we're not giving you foreign aid. This president, under the Constitution of the United States of America, can tell a foreign government, if you don't look at this person and investigate them and see if there's a there there, we're not giving you foreign aid. He's allowed to do that, and you may not like it, but tough. Vote against him. Vote him out of office. The election's next year. Vote him out of office. The Congress may decide it's impeachable, but the Congress shouldn't know if we're honest about it. A progressive whistleblower did this. Not a conservative, not a Republican, a progressive whistleblower. You and I both know what happened. There, th- These people within the established bureaucracy, they don't like the president, they don't like the thing he's doing, and they try to rat him out as best they can, which means this president doesn't trust any of the people around him, which means it limits his hands, which means it encourages him to do things when no one is looking, which means it encourages him to leave no paper trail, making promises to people that can't be enforced in the future and can cause all sorts of problems in our foreign policy. If this president or any other president can't trust the bureaucrats to do his bidding under the Constitution, as is his right, bad things will happen. And you may not like it. You may think it's justified in this case, but you can't deny it any more than a Republican can deny. It's not a good thing that the President of the United States did this. Believe it or not, there are things the President can do that I think are bad things, but the President of the United States under the Constitution can do it, and if you don't like it, you can amend the Constitution. No, the president shouldn't do this. But you and I should know nothing about it because no whistleblower should be allowed to go public and blow the whistle on the president doing it because he's got the right to do it as president. Is it wrong? Yeah, but so is ratting him out on it. That's wrong too. Now, I realize we're supposed to divide, we're supposed to be in tribal lines and say, oh, this president's bad. Anything that helps undermine this presidency is a good thing. Well, the problem is you're setting a precedent to undermine every presidency. Oh, this isn't a problem because this is the president and I'm on his team, so I'm going to defend him. The problem is that you embolden another president from a different party to do it to your side later. Some things are right and some things are wrong, whether you like it or not. But I got to do this again. I, I've got to do this again. And I hate that we're in this season in life of this country where you have to do this. But we don't know the full extent of the story. 
So I'm telling you, if this happened, the president shouldn't have done it. If it happened, the whistleblower shouldn't have blown a whistle. They should have had no basis to blow the whistle. But it's if it happened, because we don't know if it happened. We have no idea if it actually happened, because the media continually gets these stories wrong because they hate the president so much. They rush out of the gate to paint everything in the worst possible light. So we really don't actually know what happened. All we know is that initial reports where it happened and there was a quid pro quo, and now the Wall Street Journal is saying, yes, it happened, but there was no quid pro quo. What actually happened? I guess we'll find out, but we'll need multiple sources to tell us because the media has done such a terrible job these days. Nobody believes them, and that's what they deserve for getting so much wrong. This is so timely. My thanks to ExpressVPN for sponsoring the show. If you haven't used ExpressVPN, it's something you really, really need to consider. Uh, There are so many stories now about people hacking in, observing you when you're in a coffee shop through Wi-Fi. ExpressVPN doesn't just encrypt your data while you surf the internet on public airport and hotel Wi-Fis. It lets you stream and access content that normally would have been blocked in the country where you might be traveling, for example. With ExpressVPN, you can unblock all your favorite websites and have access to the internet just like you would if you were at home if you're traveling abroad it makes it fantastic expressvpn runs in the background of your computer your phone then you use the internet just like you normally would you download the app click to connect voila you're protected you don't travel abroad without expressvpn you really shouldn't be in a coffee shop or a hotel with wi-fi without expressvpn Uh, It's the fastest VPN you can try, costs less than $7 a month. It comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Listen, you want to keep your data secure. You want to protect yourself online. Find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash Eric. For three months free with a one-year package, visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. It's Eric Erickson here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, Tom and Tucker, you're next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. How you doing today? Good. How are you? Um, I'm doing well. Quick question for you. You know, they're saying this guy is a whistleblower, but if the president was within his within his authority to say and do what he did, uh, and just because he doesn't like it, doesn't that actually isn't he committing a crime for at least uh, divulging uh, secrets? No, uh, he's not committing a crime. He shouldn't have. I I don't think he should have, but he's not committing a crime. And the reason he's not committing a crime is somewhat nuanced. Uh, The reason is because there was a procedure in place with the uh, inspectors general within government where if you think something wrong was done, you can report it to the inspector general. Uh, And the, the, the crime was whoever leaked it. And we don't know. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, there, because, we don't know that the we don't know that the person who was the whistleblower leaked it. Uh, that's the issue here. Whoever leaked it is in trouble, should be in trouble. Uh, but there's a lot of suspicion that it was a member of Congress who leaked it. Oh well, then definitely they should be hung. But that that's that's just another story for another time. Yeah, that's Congress. Um, that that's that's part of the problem our country has right now is the people are not held to the same standards as either you and I would be uh, because they're, you know, elite. Right. And, oh, totally. um, well, so so the, there was a report filed by to the inspector general, and then somewhere after that, that's how it got that's out how it got into leaked. the public domain? Yes, yep. And, and Tom, i got to leave you there because we've got a hard break. But, yeah, we don't know. The inspector general makes reports to Congress on this stuff. 
And there's a lot of speculation this evening it was a member of Congress who's protected by the Constitution, by the way, and can't be prosecuted for leaking. All right. Let's go to Christian in Covington. It is Eric Erickson here, and we got Christian on the phone, I think, if I can fire up the phone call. Christian, how are you? I'm well. Um, Your eminence, or I should say the reformed Viking. Um, (laughs) There's a great. There's a great article in the Wall Street Journal two years ago. Many people have forgotten, but there was about 20 million people in manufacturing in the United States. According to the Wall Street article uh, in 96, there was 20 million Americans in manufacturing, and there was 10 million in government. In 2016, I think the article came out in 2017. In 2016, those numbers were reversed. We have 20 million people in government and only 10 million in manufacturing. Now, take that extra 10 million times 70,000. It's very simple math. You're taking 10 million times 70, and that's 700 trillion. There's your deficit. Mr. Trump, please tell him. Next time, I know you have a cell phone number. Next time you talk to him, just mention, you know, the deep state, there's a lot of bad characters. Half of them could go away pretty quickly. Listen, I, I think there needs to be look, look at the the stakeover. There's there's a story out and, and thanks for that. There's a story out today that Brian Kemp telling state agencies they need to prepare they for an economic slowdown. There may or may not be one, but he doesn't want to be caught off guard. Uh, they're trying very carefully to play this so they don't panic everybody, but at the same time they don't want to be caught off guard. They gotta balance the budget and they don't want to rush into stuff. Um, I think the federal government could use some downsizing. When is the last time we've had layoffs from the federal government? Seems like that is just, that's almost too safe of a job. Um, I think that we need to do something. Now, I want to, um, well, I want to go where probably I shouldn't go, uh, but I'm going to go there anyway. And that is back to House District 71 because there was a debate. And I got to tell you, I get somewhat frustrated. It makes me angry with the way there is, if we could just acknowledge, there is some flippancy when it comes to how the media handles these sorts of issues. Now, what on earth am I talking about? Well, in this debate, uh, Marcy Sackerson and uh, Philip Singleton are fighting over the role of the government and getting pork from Atlanta for local districts. The debate debate got a little bit heated, and there were lots of accusations. Uh, The white Stacey Abrams is a little bit upset that Philip Singleton is is beating her. Um, She's doing to to Philip Singleton exactly what uh, Stacey Abrams did to Brian Kemp. It really is astonishing to see a Republican pulling all the tactics that Stacey Abrams pulled. Let's hope she winds up losing as well, and and she'll probably not concede it and say that she actually won. But I want to give you a tale of contrast between these two in this debate. I'm going to read from you the transcript on Washington, D.C., or not on Washington, on Atlanta. And about Brian Kemp making budget cuts. And here's Singleton. Singleton says it's a very difficult process. I think last year Matt Gertler was the only one who voted against the budget. Typically everyone gets in line. It's one of those things you have to be able to stand against. To understand the dynamics happening in the Capitol, the establishment that's running things in the House, they have an iron grip uh, with Speaker Ralston and their group on the way the budget process goes. That's why the governor has to fight. It's a challenge to get them to cut anything. Not all conservatives are small, limited government conservatives. And and here is Sackerson's response, and it epitomizes everything that's wrong with politics today. 
unless you keep those relationships strong, you're not going to get the projects for your district. It's just the way it is. Even when you go to the appropriations committee, you got to have a relationship with them. You can call it the establishment. You can call it anything else, but it's called relationships. We've been turned down for many DOT projects because somebody didn't show up or the way they handled themselves in business. Now, what she's implying is that David Stover, who's the outgoing representative down there, somehow caused Coweta and Fayette County to lose out on transportation projects. And because he didn't bow properly, he didn't genuflect properly, he didn't didn't kiss Ralston's butt. Now, if you've been through the Noonan Bypass area, you know that district hasn't actually uh, been hurt for transportation projects. They just built the new on-ramp exit ramp there. Uh, they built the brand new Chick-fil-A right there at Piedmont Hospital. They're on the Noonan Bypass. That's the outer uh, western edge of this district. Uh, they're, they're not hurting for transportation money, but there's, there's, there's another angle to take here. Y'all... Let me, let me again, let me, let me read you what Sackerson says here. It, it's, let's see, unless you keep those relationships strong, you're not going to get the projects for your district. It's just the way it is. In other words, when called to do the right thing about David Ralston, Sackerson won't do it lest she impact pork barrel projects coming to her district. Now, people in the District 71, they may say, hey, yeah, if you're in Moreland, Tyrone, uh, Peachtree City, Coweta County, uh, Noonan, you can say, hey, yeah, we, we would much rather keep a corrupt speaker in position uh, and, and get us some extra highway dollars than actually do the right thing. That, and that, that that's fine. I understand you, you're putting money ahead of doing the right thing. But here's the thing. If one member of the state house the Coweta and uh Fayette counties are represented by multiple members of the state house and the state senate David Stover is not their sole representative and if David Stover failing to genuflect properly to David Ralston cost those counties transportation dollars then the problem is not really with the speaker of the house the problem is with the state house of representatives itself if one person's failure to bow can destroy an entire community's ability to get highway funds, then the system is truly broken. And the only way to fix it is to find people like Philip Singleton and send them to Atlanta to fix the system, not the person who says, yeah, the system's broken and I'm going to leave it broken and I'm just going to do what I have to do instead of doing the right thing. By the way, is, is there a tacket threat here? Her father, Sackerson's father, sits on the Department of Transportation board. If she doesn't win, are, are, we, to, are we to believe that if the voters of, of House District 71 don't bow to her, that her dad is going to punish them? Because I, I would suggest to you, you, you need a voter revolt there too, and 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 stand up and say, uh, no, 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 we're we're not gonna we're not going to be held hostage to your egos. These are Stacey Abram like tactics, shaking people down. But the idea that the system is so broken that one member of the House of Representatives' failure to genuflect could cost everybody highway projects in Coweta, Newton County, uh, New, and um, Fayette County 
the Noonan and Peachtree City area, Moreland and Tyrone, one person's failure to genuflect, failure to bow properly, failure to kiss the speaker's butt could punish all of them. Well, you do need to stand up and fight because then the system truly is broken. You don't need to send people who are going up there saying, yeah, yeah, the system's broken and and I'm going to kiss as much butt as I possibly can to protect me and my constituents. No, you need to fight. Otherwise, the system's only going to get worse. And here's the ultimate thing. If you don't fix it, the voters will fix it for you. Now, here's your question you need to ask yourself statewide. Forget House District 71 for just a moment. Do you want the Democrats in charge next year? Do you want the Democrats to take the House of Representatives? Do you want the Democrats to be redrawing the district lines, to gerrymander themselves, to protect themselves for a decade so it's impossible to get rid of them once they're in? Do you want the Democrats in charge? Because I assure you, if you vote for Sacrison in House District 71, that becomes one more person to tell David Ralston your behavior doesn't matter. That becomes one more person to tell the Republican corrupt Republicans, don't worry about your corruption. That becomes one more person to excuse the bad behavior in Atlanta. And you know who's going to hold the Republicans accountable when that happens? This group of people we call voters. They're going to hold the Republicans accountable. They're going to stand up and say, no, we're tired of this. We're willing to take the chance on the Democrats to get you people out of office. This really is, there is a real clear-cut issue here. Philip Singleton will vote against the corruption and vote against the Speaker of the House. And Sacrison will uphold the very system you all hate, the system the voters are going to reject next year. By voting for Sacrison, you're just one step closer to the Democrats taking the House of Representatives because the voters are tired of Republicans protecting David Ralston. Voters are tired of Republicans protecting and excusing corruption. Voters are tired of the system where you're not allowed to stand up and do what's right because otherwise you're going to get punished by a system. So you can't do what the voters want because you don't want the voters to get punished. People are really freaking tired of that. And if you don't believe me, go talk to them. Go talk to the voters. I do every day on this show. They call in from all over the state of Georgia. I do five hours of radio a day. And people are really hacked off at the system. And Sacrison would keep the system. Singleton is at least willing to fight for his constituents. And by the way, all of his money's coming from the people who would be his constituents. Hers are coming from the lobbyists and the legislators from outside of the district who want to prop up the system that you all hate. Makes the choice real clear here. I... Don't have a ton of time here, so please bear with me if you're on the phones. And you can call in if you want, 404-872-0750, wsb talk I do need to talk about the—today is a climate strike. I, I know you're probably unaware of it. I don't know anybody who participated in, in a climate strike. Uh, I got my SUV's oil changed and tires rotated, and I got a burn pile I need to light. Uh, so I guess I'll be celebrating the environment in some ways this evening. But uh, we need to talk about it. Uh, I do want to mention real quick, though, I, I have heard from a ton of nurse practitioners. Uh, I, I talked about this the other day. We do need to loosen the rules on nurse practitioners and let them order MRIs and CTs and stuff. One thing they can't do is prescribe opioids. Every single one of the ones I heard from said they, they don't need that, but they certainly do need the ability to order tests and scans and things like that. They're happy to work with doctors on opioids, but... 
come on, cut them some slack, deregulate. The legislature's looking at it. I hope they do it. It is Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number, if you'd like to be a part of the program, 404-872-0750-1800, WSB Talk. Y'all, I got some audio for you. <laughs> oh my goodness! I I've I've been waiting. I've been waiting for this moment, y'all. I, we need to we need to discuss this. I, I I can't. I don't even want to tell you what it is, other than it's Marianne Williamson. Go ahead. Ms. Williamson, uh, thank you for taking my question. My name is Emily Berry, and I'm a student from the University of Maryland College Park. I'm studying government and politics and economics. Um, so you say that in your environmental crisis plan that you want the United States to stop all use of nuclear energy. What do you identify as the problems with nuclear energy, and what do you say to those who think it simply gets a bad reputation? What was the last thing you said? What do I say what, to what those you, who what? What, what, are your, what are your issues with nuclear energy? Well, I know Germany had said at one point, we're just going no nuclear. But then when they said no nuclear, there was a problem because they had a hard time keeping up with the other standards that they agreed to. What is wrong with that? If something goes wrong with nuclear energy, I don't think people have really stopped to take in the horror. See, we need an integrated politics. We need to go beyond hard data. We need to go beyond just thinking about the facts. I want you to think about this with your heart. Something goes wrong there. What are we even talking about? How can we even consider it? And so, so what? Maybe we'd all be a little warmer, a little cool. I mean, Americans, we have to decide. That's the problem I have with nuclear. <laughs> this is like a, a mad lib word salad. Uh, the problem I have <laughs> The problem I have with nuclear power is from the heart. We need Americans hot, cold, not sure goosebumps feelings from the heart. We must change. I don't think Americans have considered it's overwhelmed. This is my problem with nuclear power. <laughs> I'm sorry, this last bit. Just this last bit one more time. Something goes wrong there. What are we even talking about? How can we even consider it? She has no idea what she's talking about. She's forgotten the question. And so, so what? Maybe we'd all be a little warmer, a little cool. I mean, Americans, we have to decide. That's the problem I have with nuclear. President of the United States. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ms. Williamson, what is your policy on taxation? I think taxation is 
we have people in this country who are starving and we have people who in this country are rich and we need to, with our hearts, elevate those who are poor with the power of the rich and some will be hot and some will be cold and some will have cheeseburgers and some will have deep dish pizza, but the pepperoni is too spicy. That's my tax policy. I, I, I could do this all night. You know, I do have to give her credit on one thing, though. Marion Williamson, I, I got to give her credit on one thing. She's made the left livid on one issue, and it is an issue on which I actually agree with her, and on which polling actually shows most Americans agree with her. I was in South Carolina and Georgia. You think they weren't praying for that thing to turn around? And you're gonna just, are we going to just talk down to them because they, you think that everybody who prays in those southern states and we're praying, dear God, uh, turn this hurricane around, you think they're stupid? That, that's real smart strategy, Democratic leftists. That's real smart strategy. Mock and make fun of everybody who believes that, that God is powerful. Yep. Mock people who believe God is powerful. That's what the Democrats do. Remember, they booed God. They booed God. We, we don't need to distract from this. And you got people out there today who they don't believe in God and they're marching in the streets and demanding action on climate. So today is apparently a climate strike. Now, there are stores around the country lush at the um, they've got one in perimeter. They got one in Linux. They've closed today so their employees can go on climate strike. There's no climate strike that I'm aware of in Atlanta. No one's marching in the streets here. But but the Democrats have these people all whipped into a fury and frenzy over the stuff. And the Democrats, they're having to rely on MSNBC to do damage control for them. I want to play this audio from MSNBC real quick. This is an anchor at MSNBC. Brendan, Republicans uh, like to paint the most ambitious plans uh, as those led by wingnuts, uh, making it look like Democrats want to take away your straws, uh, your ability to fly in an airplane and take your cheeseburgers away. We know none of those things are actually true, but how can Democrats... Uh, approach climate change in a way that's more inclusive to a, a larger swath of voters. Really? You, you, did everybody miss Kamala Harris on TV saying that she wanted to ban straws? She's a United States senator. Here's Andrew Yang, presidential candidate for the Democrats. Hi, I'm Madison Dyer. I'm a sophomore at Georgetown studying healthcare management. And my question was, realistically, the only way to curb expansion and reduce the environmental impact of the cattle industry is to reduce demand. Um, what policy adjustments would you make to reduce this demand? I'm glad you asked that because we wanted to talk about food and the, the rate at which agriculture, not everybody thinks about this, is a major contributor to, uh, to CO2. Now, cattle is very energy consuming and energy expensive. Uh, and if you project forward on what we would need to do to reduce emissions, you would want to modify Americans' diets over time. Now, some of that is happening naturally through education. I do think it's difficult to regulate diets. Um, so what you would want to do again is you'd want those uh, cattle producers to have to internalize the cost of emissions. Because if your cattle ends up um, polluting a lot, which they do just naturally, we don't hate them for it. I mean, they're just big animals. <laughs> don't hate the cattle, hate them, whatever. Uh, so then what that would naturally do, and some people are gonna hate this, but it would probably make those products more expensive. 
Yeah, so we're going to drive up the cost of beef so only rich people can eat it. That's that's his solution. He's a Democratic presidential candidate saying we need to tax farmers so that they have to raise the cost of meat so that people find it too expensive to eat. That That's a solution. And yet you've got the MSNBC saying, no, no one out there really wants to do this. Beto O'Rourke wants to take guns. The Democrats want to ban straws. We've heard them say it. But this is what the media always does. They say no one on the Democratic side actually wants to do this. And then you have a brave soul like Beto and, and Yang and Kamala Harris pipe up and say, yeah, actually, we really want to. What actually makes a better toothbrush? Is it the industrial strength power or the claims of miracle trendy ingredients, the multiple modes? If you ask your dentist, they'll tell you it's less about the brush, more about how you use it. And that's why you need Quip. Quip is the remarkably simple electric toothbrush created by dentists and product designers to focus on what actually matters for your oral health. Healthier habits. Most of us don't brush for a full two minutes. That's what dentists recommend. And Quip makes it easy because the toothbrush vibrates for two minutes with great sonic pulses. And every 30 seconds, it pulses to ensure that you rotate it in your mouth to get an even clean. And you know, 75% of us use old, worn-out bristles. They're ineffective. Quip automatically delivers brush heads to you every three months for clean new bristles right on schedule. The sleek, intuitive design, it's simple to use. It comes with a travel cap, doubles as a mirror mount. It's a great toothbrush. You can ditch the gimmicks, get a Quip. I've been using mine now for about two years, and they're fantastic. They start at just $25. You'll get your first refill free at getquip.com slash Erickson. That is a simple way to support the show and you get a better toothbrushing experience. You go to getquip, G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash Erickson. You get your first refill free. Go right now to getquip, Q-U-I-P.com slash Erickson. It is Eric Erickson here on Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. Joining me from Athens, Georgia, without his Irish Spring soap is Jay Black. How are you? We have banned Irish Spring stone in this here uh, state, uh, Eric, and it's a pretty busy day here in Athens. We're ready for Georgia and Notre Dame tomorrow. So what you what you looking at in the game? What do people need to be watching? There's really kind of three key matchups to, to pay attention for. First of all, Georgia's running game is terrific, one of the best in the country. But for the, through the first two games, Notre Dame ranks 10th worst in the nation at stopping the run. So are the Irish really that bad, or are they off to just a bad start? Then how do UGA's young wide receivers match up with a pretty experienced secondary for uh, Notre Dame? And then can Georgia's terrific offensive line keep what is a pretty good pass rush off of Jake Fromm tomorrow? Well, and you know, I, I I do think it's interesting that his his first game was at Notre Dame with Notre Dame, and now suddenly they're on his home turf, and uh, I'm sure there's a psychological advantage he he probably thinks he has, or probably does have, with them on his home turf now that he's got something under him. Yeah, not only that, he's going to have a record crowd behind him tomorrow. They've brought in 500 extra seats to give to the Notre Dame folks to give them a full 8,000, but that'll push it above uh, 93,000 here for the largest ever CAA regular season game. There's already a lot of Notre Dame fans already here, though, Eric. However, I didn't see the governor of the state, Brian Kemp, uh, walking by the bookstore where we were at about 45 minutes <laughs> oh, ago. So it's a big I deal when the so. governor is in town on a Friday. All right. Well, we were going to – I think everybody in Georgia is going to be watching this game tomorrow. Jay, you have a lot of fun over there tomorrow. Will do. Wear sunscreen. Jay Black over in Athens for this game. It's going to be a big, big You can listen to the game, as a matter of fact, right here on WSP. We'll be back with more of the audio of today's climate strike. Thanks very much for the kind words about the speech last night. It went very, very well. See, if you could get the morning show that I do, you would have heard the speech because I it was actually an abridged because the I only did about 
20 minutes of the speech. It was a 40-minute speech. I, I don't take notes of my speeches, and I didn't record it. I don't take notes for the speeches. I just kind of go with it. Why? Because I like to talk off the top of my head. Now, I want to I wanna play you some audio real quick. Um, and I think this is really insane stuff. And I think you need to hear it. You need to understand what's happening. You need to understand the the nonsense. This is from the climate change rally in Washington, D.C., an 11-year-old climate activist. Let's listen to her for just a moment. Hi, my name is Rosie Clemens Cove. I'm 11 years old. We are here because our parents trashed the planet, and it's up to our generation to save it. Greta inspired me to lead walkouts at my elementary school all last spring. Because storms, floods, fires, and droughts fueled by climate change are killing people all over the globe. Can I just pause, pause, pause? Her school let her walk out without repercussions? That's pretty much an admission she's not being educated, she's being indoctrinated. Our oceans are choking with trash, and the sixth mass extinction is well underway. And the government does nothing. Our schools don't teach us, and our parents are silent. <laughs> our schools don't teach us? No, they're letting you walk out. How would you know? But scientists say we only have 11 years left to avoid a climate catastrophe. 11 years left. There you go again. We need to have zero carbon emissions by 2030, when I'm 21. So I'm asking you to do three things. First, start Friday for the Future at your school. It's more than a walkout, though. It's a teach-in. Because what you say to your friends might be the only thing that they know about climate change. Second, climate activists need to support other social movements, too. Because any fight for justice is your fight, too. So when kids rally for gun safety or for LGBTQ plus rights, or when teachers ask for livable wages, get your butt out there and support them. Uh, yeah. So basically, this is just a socialist movement, a socialist front against the free market. Uh, they want to take your guns away. LGBTQ plus. It's like she didn't even recognize what that was. Someone had to had to write it for her. That whole transition into what is this line? What it, what did someone put in here? Oh, they want me. I'm an 11 year old to say this sort of stuff. Yeah, whatever. I think I'll pass. Uh, I I I won't actually want to say something on this climate stuff. Okay. Um, I don't care about climate change. I just I want to say that I think the world is warming. I do, and I think. People are responsible in part. I, I do. I think it's probably exaggerated how, how much humans are to blame. Yeah, I do. But I think humans are to blame for part of it. We got 7 billion of us on the planet. We're the largest group of, of animals on the planet. Uh, we, we have industry. Other animals don't. Yeah. Are we, are we responsible? Yes. Yes, of course. Of course. But do I care? No, no, I, I don't care at all. I don't. Um, I don't think we should give up our way of life and our air conditioner so that progressives can sleep well at night in their mansions while the rest of us sweat because they're not giving stuff up. They, let them go first. They're all going home to their air-conditioned houses. They're getting on airplanes. Let them live life. You know, I as a Christian live my life according to my values. There are certain TV shows I don't watch even though I want to watch them. 
I, I, I don't go hanging out with my friends at night. I don't sleep around on my wife. I have a two-parent nuclear household with my children. I get up on a Sunday morning as best I can and go to church, and I'm pretty terrible about that and have to work on it. I give to charity much more so than your average progressive. I live my life according to my values and my faith. The, the, the left wants me to live my values and life according to theirs, but they don't want to. All those people marching in the streets, they're going home to air conditioner. They're, they're not turning their They want you to turn your air conditioner off. They, they don't act like they really mean it. They're going to get on planes. They're going to do all of these things that they say we shouldn't do. I, I'll, I'll start really taking them seriously when they take themselves seriously. I don't care about the issue. If the science, the science keeps saying in 10 more years, in 10 more years, in five more years, they'll be saying, we still got 10 years, we still got 10 years, we got to do something. They were saying this 20 years ago. When I was a kid, they were saying the same damn thing they're saying now. And we had 10 years then too. We were well past that time. And they're still saying we got 10 years. So I don't believe them. Do I think the world is warming? Yeah, I think the world is warming. I also think there are natural cycles involved. Do I think humans are to blame? Yeah, I do think we play a role. But do I care? No. We are the most adaptable species of animal on the planet, if, if we're an animal. Do I think that we have a role to play in cleaning up the world? Absolutely, we do. We're supposed to be good stewards of what God gave us. And I think humanity has actually been pretty terrible stewards of what we gave us. God gave us. But we're supposed to worship him, not creation. We are to take care of the planet. We, we are. We should be recycling. But am I going to give up my way of life? So that some progressive idiot can sleep well at night? No, I'm not. Can I? Should I give up my hamburger? Should you? No. All of these rich people marching in the streets, and, and by and large, they're overwhelmingly rich compared to the rest of the world. They want to punish poor people, essentially. I mean, if, if they really care about it and they care about it, just hold your breath. Just, just, just hold your breath. See what happens. You're not going to do that. You're not going to become vegan. You're not going to turn off your air conditioner in your high rise. You're not going to get off an airplane. You're not going to get out of your car. You're not going to do all this stuff. So don't tell me we have to because you're not acting like it. And even if you did, even if you did, I still wouldn't care about it. And you're not going to make me care about it. You will be made to care and you will care one way or the other. And I'm telling you, the way I've been made to care is to not care about it, to tell you, I don't care what your agenda is and I don't care what the facts are. I'm doing what I can as an individual to take care of my little plot of land and my family and those around me. But the idea that we've got to completely upend the way we live life so that you can sleep well at night and not be scared to death because mommy told you the world was going to end in 10 years, to heck with that. I'll go out and light my burn pile after the show. I just tweeted this out. It's two minutes, so we don't have time to play the whole thing, but we're going to listen to the anchor on Sky News Australia. Prompted this piece that someone sent to me. I thought I'd share it with you. It's called Growing Up. Few commentaries on this global warming hoax have had greater relevance than this. I think I might send it to Al Gore. And it says this. To all the school kids going on strike for climate change... You're the first generation who've required air conditioning in every classroom. You want TV in every room, and your classes are all computerised. You spend all day and night on electronic devices. More than ever, you don't walk or ride bikes to school, but you arrive in caravans of private cars that choke suburban... You can go to my Twitter feed at E.W. Erickson and listen to the whole thing. It's brilliant.